Hey, this is Rob Harder with Making Your World Better, a nonprofit leadership show where real stories from real people who are coming up with real solutions to solve society's biggest challenges. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? How do people fundraise in an economy that is constantly in flux? How do you relate to board members in a way that inspires them to make a difference? What are the best practices that separate effective nonprofits from others? It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, Making Your World Better. I have a feeling that all of you that are nonprofit leaders, development directors, uh, CEOs of your nonprofits, you all want to have video in order to tell the story of your organization. Here's the problem, right? Uh, budget. Uh, many of us don't have the budget to hire a full-time video person, let alone even a part-time person. And yet we all know the impact of social media. We all know the impact of websites. We all know the impact of video and how it can tell your story so well. So what do you do when you really don't have the budget, but you know you want to tell the story of your organization in better ways through video? Well, today's guest can address that issue. In fact, my guests today are Katie Prentice Onsager and Jamie Fleischel, the co-founders of Small Forces. Small Forces is a professional professional production company that offers professional video services and impact tracking and marketing consultation for people and organizations to make a difference in their communities at no cost to them. That's the best part. No cost to them. They're privately funded and they believe that everyone has the capacity to affect positive change and that individual actions do make a big difference, inspiring us to do the same. And they like to do that through providing uh, professional video services. I think you're going to really enjoy what they have to say. And you may be interested enough to check out their website because maybe they could provide exactly what you need. Enjoy today's show. Well, Katie and Jamie, it's so good to have you both on the phone today calling from Chicago. Uh, let's dive into the first question. For nonprofits, I believe one of the most important tasks we have is to tell our story clearly and compellingly. So talk a little bit about your company. How did it start and how do you help nonprofits tell their stories more effectively through video? Um, well, the Small Forces grew out of um, a more traditional um, production company that uh, that I started with a couple partners uh, in 2001, and we, you know, do more. We do a lot of documentary work for for TV. We do a lot of documentary style um, commercial work um, and other original content development. And um, we had been asked a lot over the years uh, by friends or acquaintances who were involved in, in various nonprofit activities in and around Chicago to help out with fundraising videos and you know oftentimes um, these were limited budget if any budget at all um, but we would you know chip in when we could and, and help to um, create uh, some work for them usually to show at some kind of big fundraising event that they were, they were hosting uh, and it was always really um, satisfying to see that work play for an audience and then um, see the results because uh, I think uh, most of the time uh, there was a really positive uptick um, in the, um, the amount of money that they were able to, to raise um, from the, the previous year when they, when they um, either didn't have a video piece to show or maybe um, they had a video piece that wasn't quite as uh, involved as what we were able to put together. And so um, 
this kind of was the, the seed of the idea that there's a real need for um, compelling uh, storytelling at the nonprofit level. And we were able, um, through some public television work that we were doing here in Chicago, um, there is a, a family foundation, um, John and Pat O'Brien, who have a family foundation called the Carmel Club Foundation, and they were underwriting some, some other documentary work that we were doing, and they were kind enough to um, give us a grant to go and uh, essentially find small grassroots nonprofits, um, both here in Chicago, nationwide and worldwide, um, who were in need of our type of storytelling. Um, and they have given us the ability to uh, essentially contact these organizations out of the blue uh, introduce ourselves, say, this is who we are, this is what we do, we like um, your organization, are you in need of some some video and media help? Um, and then we partner up. Yeah, so as we're creating this, this new initiative of small forces, um, when it came down to putting a name to this, we, we came up with the name small forces as a way to really show our commitment to amplify individual action and impact, and we really believe that one person with a great idea can make a huge change in their community and the world, and a lot of the nonprofits that we do work with are on the smaller side. Maybe they only have one or two staff people. Maybe it was just a single person with a creative idea, and they're up against some of the largest problems that we face today as a society, poverty, healthcare, things like that. But with their one idea, they're making incremental change. So that's where the name Small Forces comes from. And our goal is to really embed in these organizations and tell the stories of those people who are benefiting from their services. And we do that all, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but from a real impact-focused point of view. Well, we've had some people on the show that have talked about this. So the fact is this, the large majority of nonprofits in America, around 80%, have a budget less than $1 million. And as such, many nonprofits just simply don't have the budget to hire a full-time videographer and perhaps not even a part-time one. And so my question to the two of you is, with a limited budget, do you think it's more important to focus on having a really effective social media filled with videos uh, focus? Or is it more important to have a solid website and solid print media with limited video content? Um, what's your take on that? Well, I don't know that um, we necessarily have the, the expertise to um, make a call one way or another. Everyone's situation is different. But what we do know and what we have seen and what we have been, been tracking through our work is that um, video storytelling um, makes an impact. It, it opens doors um, and tends to um, – it sticks with people. So whether, you know, you as an organization are trying to um, raise more money or if you're trying to get more volunteers or if you're trying to forge some corporate partnerships, um, we found that video work, uh, and whether that be really, you know, short form um, social media type pieces on, on Facebook or something that's, that's more um, in-depth, um, that helps to, to open doors. People, you know, people get it. And I think that people are more willing to um, watch it, take a chance and, and watch a, 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 a video, a, a one minute or two minute piece about your organization. Um, I think they're more liable to do that than take a cold call. And just to add to that, um, I would say that nonprofits should focus on quality, not quantity storytelling. 
and they should look at their goals before investing in video. So what audience is most important for them to be reaching and whose hearts do they want to touch? Is it, like Jamie said, a corporate audience or are they trying to recruit more volunteers and wanting to reach those people in their community or is it their, their long-time funders that they're trying to reach? I'm guessing that no matter what the answer is, they're going to want to show their programs in action. Um, and that that's probably the single most important thing is you've got to invite people in to, to the work that you're doing and bring them into the room when they can't physically be there, maybe show them exactly what you're doing um, as a way to connect with them. Um, and that'll, that'll go a long way. Well, I know one of the great benefits that you two provide is that you offer this free of cost to nonprofits. Like free is a good word for nonprofit leaders. So how does that work though? Like who ends up paying for the video? Someone has to pay you uh, both pre and post production. So how does it work? Well, we are, we are operating under a generous grant from um, John and Pat O'Brien and their family foundation. Uh, the Carmel Club Foundation is the official name. Uh, and they are underwriting this effort. Um, their family foundation um, exists to um, put good storytelling and good media out into the world. And so um, they believed in, um, in us and in um, the model that we, we put together. And so um, they are responsible for small forces being able to operate and to, um, uh, to help as many organizations as, as we've helped during our existence. And yeah, just to add on to that a little bit, um, we are so lucky to work with so many amazing organizations and the fact that we we can't work with every single organization that wants to work with us is what's driving us to want to grow beyond what we've been doing so far. Um, the way it kind of works now is we are seeking out organizations uh, that would we know would be a good match for us and uh, and calling them, cold calling them and saying, we want to give this gift to you. Um, but as the word starts to grow about small forces, more and more people are coming to us to pitch to us that they want uh, they want to use our services, which is awesome. We're so excited to have people learning about small forces and wanting to work with us. Um, and so we're just excited to see how this is all growing organically and how we can continue that growth. Um, even more so with this new CSR division. What a wonderful thing to have someone support you in that and, and pay you so that you can offer this free to nonprofits. Now, I understand that uh, not only do you provide the video production, but you also provide the market consultation, the impact tracking on how to maximize the video along with it. Why, in your opinion, is, is that so important? We are impact driven because no matter, no matter what, we want the video to be a tool, a long-lasting tool for these organizations. So the very first thing we do before we even start production is we have that conversation about what are your goals? Are you trying to get in front of corporations? Um, are you trying to recruit volunteers, as I mentioned? And we have a lot of discussions about how a video can help them get there and who exactly we need to talk to, what we need to capture to really show their work in action that will speak to the hearts of the people that they're trying to reach. An example of this is uh, we, we worked with an organization called The Boulevard in Chicago. They're a healthcare organization that works with individuals who are experiencing homelessness, and they give them a place to heal after they've been discharged from the hospital so that they don't have to keep going back to the hospital. They'll get now a primary care doctor, and they'll get um, mental health guidance. And, and it's a really incredible model for, for fighting both homelessness and giving really quality health care. Um, they were seeking to have 
hospitals and managed care organizations invest in their model because in the long run, if hospitals and managed care organizations were investing in them, the hospitals would actually save money in the long run. Um, and so this was their, this was their part of their, their plan. And so with that in mind, we created a video that would not only be great for their gala and tell the story through, through one individual named Kevin who was dealing with HIV and the boulevard helped him and is now doing really well. Um, but that personal story was also crafted to reach the hearts of people at hospitals and managed care organizations and just help them get in the door and get those meetings, which then they were able to do and get some major contracts from these hospitals and managed care organizations with the help of that video. Um, so that, that's one piece of the marketing side. And the other piece of the marketing side is, like we mentioned, a lot of the organizations we work with have a staff of only one or two people or are otherwise just really, really scrappy using all of their resources. So we want to help them streamline the process as much as possible, whether that's writing social media posts for them, writing pitches for them to send out to local media organizations. Um, we, we really just customize a marketing and impact plan for them so that this tool is long-lasting and can have the most impact. And then also, we want to make sure that um, our underwriters, that, that the Connell Club Foundation, um, who has made all of this work possible to date, um, we want to be able to go back to them and say, um, look at what you did. Look at what your, your grant made possible and show them um, in, you know, a really stark dollars and, and cents kind of format um, how their investments in small forces uh, paid off. Because the way that we kind of look at it, um, you know, we are a, a small uh, privately held company, but but we have, these are our shareholders. And we want to make sure that um, people, whether it's a small family foundation or, or anyone who invests in us, um, sees the benefits uh, beyond um, you know, the video and media work that we're doing, but they see that the benefit um, in a real spreadsheet-driven dollars and cents kind of, of way. Um, and like, for example, the story about the boulevard that, that Katie referenced, you know, certainly we are not responsible for, um, for you know, we can't take credit for every dollar that, that comes into these organizations that we work with. However, we do have data that is, is showing that um, with the tools that, that we give to these organizations and with the expertise that um, they are able to um, increase their effectiveness, both in, in, in fundraising, um, in corporate partnerships, in, in sponsorships, um, and that uh, that data then um, shown to our, our stakeholders, to to to, to our shareholders, um, I think just uh, helps to keep everyone's enthusiasm for this endeavor um, at a uh, at a high level and helps us to. Um, to get better and to get more efficient in the way that, that we work um, and the hope is will help us grow. That's great. You know, in, let me ask you, in your opinion, why do you think it's so hard for nonprofits to do video well? I mean, is it the cost? Uh, is it the expertise or the lack thereof? Why is it so difficult, it seems like, to really do video well when it comes to nonprofits? I think the, the organizations we work with, what we've seen, even if they maybe have a video already, um, they're still so focused on on acting out what their mission is that telling their story takes the back seat and we think that's okay. You know, that's why we love working with nonprofits. They're out there making their mission happen. And 
that's why we take pleasure in embedding with the organizations and treating them as, as a client, saying, you know, you don't have to lift a finger. We just want to create something beautiful and long-lasting for you. And I think oftentimes nonprofits need an outsider to really see the beauty of the work that they're doing because it's the little everyday moments that speak volumes to the character of an organization. You know, for example, we worked with an organization called Bandlist, and they were based in a charter school in Chicago, um, a primary school, and the woman who leads it is named Annie. She was doing band program with them, so she was teaching them instruments. They Each student would get a lesson in their instrument every week, and then they would also have a practice every week together that would then lead up to performances with their band. Um, and we, we looked at that and saw, wow, this is, this is a music program in a school that literally has no other after-school programs. They don't have sports. They don't have anything. This is what they have. And the kids get so much out of it. And the, the program was facing budget cuts, as a lot of music, a lot of music programs are across the country. And after we created this video for her, she reported to us that it completely changed the trajectory of her organization because she saw it not as this, you know, little band program that she was running, but something that could be much bigger and could be helping students at a lot of different schools and that it was kind of fighting against this big problem. And now she's in four or five different schools and she's doing her program and it's growing. Um, and I think, I think that just speaks to having the outsider come in and tell your story. Sometimes, yeah, I think you're just, you're, you, you're so close to your work. Um, and your work can be um, just so it's just all-consuming um, that having us kind of come in and, and um, observe and you know kind of um, contextualize can be really beneficial. Um, so I really think it's it's our whole um, mo, as Katie has mentioned, is, is is embedding with with organizations and from a from a purely production. Uh, perspective, we have, I mean, we, we work in unscripted environments all the time. I think that's what we, we do best is, is be able to take people's, um, thoughts and, and experiences, uh, and weave them into a, a story. So, you know, a lot of times people that we put in front of the camera have never been in front of a camera before. Um, and there's some trepidation there. Um, and I think that there's a tendency to want to um, control things. I mean, that's a lot of what, what traditional production is, is, is con controlling um, the environment, right? You've got, you know, an investment in a camera crew. Um, you need to get good sound. You know, there's, there's a lot of control that happens to make sure, you know, you are what you're capturing in front of the lens is, is usable. And, and we kind of um, <laughs> strip all of that back and, and, and really want to be um, – Come at it from a more verite style where um, we are letting, you know, personalities and um, people and these really um, personal experiences uh, come through um, and then taking that raw material and, and fashioning it into, um, into to edits, into stories that, that, that these folks can use. That's, that's the key to what we do. And I think that, you know, because we, um, do rely so heavily on, 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 on being unscripted and, and trying to capture a real um, authentic moment and emotion. I think that's what is the key to our videos um, having the impact that, uh, that they have.
That's great. You know, and I know you've done a lot of uh, videos for a lot of different organizations. You can go to your website and I see a lot of wonderful videos that you've done. So when it comes to the clients that you've worked with, what has been some of your biggest surprises as you've sought to create these compelling videos? Um, I think that what surprised me the most is just how many, you know, we live in Chicago and Chicago is, there, there's a whole host of problems um, in our city, in our state, um, and I feel like there's, there's also a whole host of problems that we as a nation um, are, are dealing with. And it's just kind of, uh, I think a lot of times just seems like everything's on, on fire. Um, and I think one of the um, surprises, pleasant surprises, is just we have met and encountered so many people who are helping to you know, change their little corners of the, the universe, to change their, their neighborhoods um, through sheer force of will um, with, with very little budget, um, with very little help, and really are bootstrapping and helping to um, create change, like really tangible change for folks. Um, and they're doing so uh, in a way that is, you know, it's, it's unreported upon, it's, it's unheralded, um, and, and a lot of times unrecognized outside of, of their um, small communities. Uh, so the ability to um, see all of these amazing people um, all over the country, all over the world doing their thing, um, that to me has been one of the most pleasant surprises is that there's, there's so much of this work going on. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and just to give a couple examples of that, you know, the story that we're really seeing this month is about Women of Alabaster, an organization based in Cincinnati that is working to fight against the heroin epidemic. Um, and they started by one woman, Scarlett, who goes out on the streets every week. And she also recently uh, secured a warehouse space. And uh, she has hours every single day where women on the street who are dealing with sex trafficking, heroin addiction, and prostitution can come in and have a safe place. They can eat, they can sleep, they can get medical attention. She helps them find rehab facilities if that's what they're ready for. Um, and then when she's out on the street, she's feeding them and loving them. And, you know, she's just, she's just one person, but she has started to grow this army of volunteers, almost 30 now, who are joining her and, that's how that's how communities can actually make these incremental changes for these very large large problems that are happening. And then, of course, I think the other thing that I've been surprised by and impressed by is every single small nonprofit that we work with partners with ten more and ten more, and it's all of these organizations working together that is going to solve that are going to solve the big problems. Um, and I've been really encouraged by seeing how how people are working together in communities. Okay, this is good. Now, I've got a question. For all of those listening to this podcast, what is the most important next step? Not the next three, four, five steps. No, just the next step. One more step for the listeners today. Nonprofit leaders, what do they need to do as a next step to start telling their stories better? What advice would you give them? Well, I think it's, it's focusing on and... and um, telling the stories of the, the, the people who benefit from your efforts, who benefit directly from your organization. Um, 
as Katie mentioned, uh, there's this story on women of alabaster and this woman, Scarlett, who um, goes, you know, she started by just uh, driving a beat-up minivan um, up and down the streets of Cincinnati all night uh, and and talking to people. She was by herself and uh, on very dangerous streets, um, but she just um, had it in her mind that this was her calling and this is what she was going to do. And, you know, we want, as we were putting the story together, like, we want to take people there. We want to take people and let them know what it feels like to be riding next to Scarlett as she is um, on the streets of Cincinnati uh, in the middle of the night on a Saturday night. And I think any good storytelling um, takes the the audience uh, away into a um, uh, into a different world. And so, you know, what what I would say is, you know, for uh, the nonprofit leaders and the people who want to more effectively tell their story, they need to, I think, take their world, whatever their world is, and um, uh, bring the outside in. Let's figure out how um, uh, those who are affected by your work um, take their story out to, to, to the people, you know, really distill down what it is differentiating-wise about what you do and, and how it affects folks um, and capture that. And I think that is the way to get people to um, become emotionally involved in, in what you're doing or to want to know more about your organization or to want to um, contribute, whether that be contributing time, um, energies, or, or money. Um, you need to transport people into the, to the world that you are working in and the individuals that you're working with. An action step related to that would be just to make sure that there's someone in your organization whose one of their duties is to track success stories. So make sure there's someone who is talking to the people one, two, three, five, ten years after they've been part of benefiting from whatever services it is that you provide who have those stories that just perfectly exemplify what you do and how you how you benefit them. Um, make sure you're keeping track of those so that when it then comes time to say, okay, we're going to take the plunge, we're going to make this video, you have a backlog of all those people who are just ready to, to speak truth and to their story and to their story that is, is about you and what you do. Well, this has been very helpful. Katie and Jamie, thank you so much for your time today. My guests again today have been Katie Prentice Onsager and Jamie Fleischel. They are the co-founders of Small Forces. Small Forces is a professional production company that offers professional video services and impact tracking for people and organizations making a difference in their communities at no cost to them. If my listeners want to connect with you or find out more about you and your production company, how would they do that? They would go to smallforces.org. Well, thank you again, Katie and Jamie, for your time today. I wanted to let you know that we are on iTunes. If you are wondering how to find out where we are, check us out on iTunes by typing Nonprofit Leadership Podcast or Rob Harder, and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you, when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast, and your feedback will help us expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as we can. You can also go online to listen to this podcast, either nonprofitleadershippodcast.org or my website, robharder.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep making your world better.